Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your 9 to 5. Hey everybody, welcome back to What's Your 9 to 5. Uh, today, once again, we have the great ladies from RBC here to help all you youth out with going off to post-secondary because I know it's kind of weird. It's a strange time. You don't know what's going on with your finances and all that. And that's why we got these ladies here from RBC. So um, um, how are you guys doing today? Um, introduce yourselves and um, what you guys do. Yeah, so I'll quickly go first just because um, I am kind of the only common denominator from our last uh, podcast with you guys. Uh, to today. So again, my name is Carly Schaefer. Um, I'm a banking advisor with RBC. Um, I'm also a Future Launch representative. So Future Launch is RBC's commitment to helping youth enter the workforce. Specifically, they've donated uh, or they've set aside to donate $500 million over the next 10 years specifically to help youth, uh, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I might be a little bit biased because I work for them, but uh, I do think that's a pretty good thing as well. Um, and to celebrate International Women's Day, I have brought two other ladies to join the panel today uh, in the hopes to. I can go next here. I need, my name is Joyce, uh, Joyce Horst, and I actually work with Carly at the same branch. And I have been um, at the bank for, I think, uh, it'll be nine years this year. So I was six years as a client advisor out front, and then I've been two years as a banking advisor. So just involved in like lots of different things, right? Investing, lending, um, just day-to-day -day finances for people. And I honestly have to say my favorite job is helping out young people to get established, learning a budget, to save, to do all those things. I'm also a mom of three kids. So I have a 26 year old who has completed college. I have a 24 year old who is working at getting an apprenticeship. And I have a daughter 21 um, who is in college right now. So very much the stage I'm at. And uh, now it's my turn, I guess. Um, hi guys, I'm Kashmir and I work uh, as a, a banking advisor in the Hanover branch. I started as a client advisor in 2019, October. Um, and, and so worked uh, almost a little bit over a year as a client advisor, recently got promoted to banking advisor. Um, and I work uh, with a number of advisors, so IRPs, investment specialist, financial advisors, uh, a mortgage specialist, uh, and financial planners. So we can uh, help clients uh, or uh, to build their financial future secure, I guess. A um, little bit more about me because now um, uh, I have a different background. I moved here um, to uh, moved to Canada as an international student from India about eight years ago. So pretty much. Uh, um, that time I was 17 years old. So I can very much relate to myself uh, that uh, the things uh, when we are in school, we should know about the finances so we can plan ahead um, and secure our financial goals. As I said, like um, if I have known so many um, things today or at the time when I was in school, maybe I was a, I would have uh, uh, been able to save more money or even my um, set my goals on a, um, very uh, securely. So um, I, I also work with the Future Launch, which, uh, which is one of the, as Carly mentioned, a very uh, great platform for, for, the, for us to help the youth basically 
um, best platform where we can help uh, the youth of today for the jobs of tomorrow and uh, help them to secure their Awesome, guys. So today is going to be all about learning about finances and what people can do for going to post-secondary. So I think probably the best place to start here is you said that RBC has a good chunk of money that they're set aside. What kind of grants and stuff does RBC offer students? Yeah, I can take this question on, Brooklyn. Thank you very much. So um, yeah, so RBC's commitment uh, as far as future launch was that $500 million over 10 years. Um, and that is through donational giving uh, to different charitable organizations. Uh, for example, Future Launch uh, has partnered with Launchpad, uh, which is kind of what brought us together. Um, but when it comes to specific grants and scholarships, um, RBC specifically has four different ones. Um, we have one for Future Launch. We have one uh, which is a scholarship for in the Indigenous population. We have one uh, actually specifically for uh, children of RBC employees. So if uh, family members uh, are employees, there is a special scholarship for that. Um, and our Capital Markets has a diversity scholarship when it comes to minorities, people of color, um, that sort of thing. Um, when it comes to grants and scholarships, so those are four specifically with RBC, but there are tons more. Um, and actually, it's one of those things that I always find that people don't apply to specific grants or scholarships if they don't meet, say, one item of that criteria. Um, but just to give you some insight, there's $100 million available in scholarships and bursaries across Canada. And $3 million of that is going unclaimed each and every year. That's a huge chunk of money that is available to youth every single year, and it's getting wasted. Um, Joyce can attest to this because we had a call with um, one of our other colleagues who deals a little bit more on the investment side of things. And she said that there's a gentleman who works in Kitchener, and I think he, she said that he applied for a scholarship that was for um, uh, specifically for Asian women. He ended up getting that scholarship because nobody else applied for it, and wow. he was a white male. Oh, so <laughs> do not limit yourself. Apply for as much as you can. Um, I would recommend doing a quick RBC scholarship search if you're interested in the RBC scholarships, but also go to Scholarships Canada, make a profile, search through all of them. Some of them are essays, some of them are um, action-based, charitable organization-based. So there's so much opportunity out there and honestly, it's getting wasted. So that would be my biggest advice as far as scholarships are concerned, is even if you're missing out on one of the criteria, don't let that hinder you from applying because you just don't know who else has applied for that. Yeah, that is a crazy story. I've actually heard a couple of stories just like that, where a grant is very specific on maybe like a female, only females can apply or this or that, but then nobody ends up applying. And then the only person who does is say like a man or something like that. And they end up getting it because you got to give the money to somebody. So yeah. People. Where can I find those? Oh my gosh. I want some of those ones. I'll start <laughs> applying to every single one. <laughs> Go for it. Honestly, do that. Um, and it's just so funny because I always hear these stories after the fact. Like, I didn't know this when I was going to school to apply for all of them, even if I didn't meet the criteria. So I think that's so poignant for you to know before they go to school. Just use all your options. Might as well. Take that free money because free money doesn't come very often. Yeah, 100%. So, um, 
staying on the topic of uh of course finance and going uh going off to post-secondary so osap obviously is a big is a big thing for going off to school osap i still see um i still see those payments getting taken in my account to this day once a month which is kind of a not the which is uh not the nicest thing but um so tell all the youth who maybe don't know about osap um just like like how to, how to apply for it and uh, all those kind of things for sure i can take that one um so i have like i said children um who one who is um currently using it and hasn't had to start paying it back yet and one who has used it and paid it back so um i would say again just as carly re reiterated earlier apply right you don't know um if you're uh, going to qualify for it until you apply. So definitely apply. Um, one of the main things, just type OSAP into Google and, and select the Ontario website, and that will give you all the information about OSAP. But um, OSAP offers funding through grants, so money that you don't have to pay back, and then also student loans, money that you need to repay once you're done school. Um, when you apply for OSAP, um, they automatically consider you for both the grants and the loans. And you don't, if you don't want to take the loan, then you can decline it um, after your application is approved. And it just goes into lots of different details, kind of how to get it, what what you get. Um, it's it's a fairly easy process. I know I've done it with my with my son and my daughter. And the really nice thing is it loans you the funds and then after school, you have a certain time period before you even have to start paying it back. So you can finish your schooling, you can get that job, and then you can start paying it back. And the same as most loans, you you can pay it back um, like in the chunks or you can just pay it all at once. It's whatever whatever you want to do. But just lots of information on that OSAP web, website. So I would say that that's um, definitely a good place to start. And again, like Carly said, apply, right? It does not hurt for sure. And I think another, oh, I was just gonna say, I think another quick key point of that is, is uh, the Ontario website, it takes 15 minutes to go through an application. So it's not a huge chunk of time to actually fill that out. Um, and with everything being done a little bit more digitally these days, it's a really quick process. Um, and the only thing is, is there are different specialties on when your grant could become part of the loan. So there mm -hmm. are different ins and outs for each individual situation. But as Joy said, check the website. It's a super good resource. Um, and I've used it with clients as well. Um, it's been a while since I've actually gone to post-secondary. So it's nice to just have that resource up so that you're starting on the same page. Mm -hmm. Interesting, because I have not that... I mean, I have, don't have to consider that yet, but at the future I'm going to have to, and I haven't even thought about OSAP. That's an important thing to think about. So, again, getting on this sort of same train of thought here, what are some then mistakes that youth are making with these type of things, with finances and with grants and all this stuff? Um, I'll take that one. So, um, not just with the grants, but uh, the common errors, uh, we find that uh, most youth uh, or even like normally people will make uh, using their credit cards. Um, that's uh, the, the biggest uh, uh, error that uh, we, we can make. Uh, so, for example, um, when when a youth gets a, a youngster get a credit card, we think that, uh, oh, okay, well, I have access to free money and I can use that to, um, you know, we just literally max that out and uh, not realizing that this is just uh, the money that you're borrowing for a short period of time, you have to pay it back. So that is basically you're, you're using bank's money uh, for a certain period of time. 
And then, um, um, for example, if uh, it, it, you can consider that as the emergency backup as well. But uh, um, as I said, like uh, in the early age, when we don't know whole about whole a lot about the credits, uh, we uh, we think that okay, well, we can just uh, take um, um, advantage of it, and uh, we don't have to worry about paying it back. So I'm just going to share one of uh, my personal story. One of my friends, she also came as a newcomer to Canada, as I mentioned, uh, same as me. So uh, she didn't know about. Uh, taking a credit card or using it a credit card or how it could actually affect in the future if you're not going to make any payments to it. So uh, she maxed it out and never actually even made any, even a minimum payment. So her account went to collections, which means um, she um, had to pay everything back. And uh, till now, she does not even have any credit card, any credit card. So it's been like seven years. So or more than that. So that's basically uh, the the main um, error we make when we don't know how to manage the credit card or um, um, or what is actually, um, how you can actually use the credit card. So that is the, the most common error um, everyone pretty much make in the early age. That sounds like a nightmare. That's definitely not yeah. what you want to do with the credit card. No. So, so staying on the topic of the credit card, um, going. So, I want to talk about credit scores, which I know is a, can be a bit confusing to some people who first get a get a credit card. So, explain credit scores and what what um, things may affect your credit score uh, and make it go up or down. So, um, in regarding that, uh, um, there are a number of things that can make your credit, credit scores go low. For example, um, not making uh, any payment and not even making a minimum payment when you're using a credit card. Um, you are started to skipping your monthly phone bill payments. Anything uh, related to um, your billing periods, your, uh, when you st stop making those payments, that actually take your credit card to very um, scores very low, especially when you um, when we start comparing these. Uh, um, while we we go out for shopping uh, anywhere, we start comparing the prices. The same way when we we think that okay, I'm gonna go to this bank, and then after that, I'm gonna go to this bank and see what are my options. Um, anytime you uh, are trying to apply for a new credit card, uh, there is a credit history which is being checked, uh, credit bureau reports, right? So uh, you actually get a hit on your credit score. So that's why you should not really go looking for credit cards and not paying any money back onto these things. So that really takes your credit score slow. Um, and again, it kind of takes time uh, to build your credit score as well. So um, those are the things uh, I would say, not skip any payment related to any credit card or any monthly bills you have yeah, and if can I can jump you. in here too, I've just got one other thing to add to that as well, Kush. Um, when when kids are 18 or so, it may look like they have bad credit. And um, you can go into your online banking oftentimes anyways, and I believe you can pull your credit score just to see where it's at. Um, and it may look like they have bad credit. That could be possibly because they have no credit yet, right? It's It scores bad as well when you haven't built up your credit. So it's it's an important thing for, for youth to work at building their credit. And as was said before, the way to build that credit is to make sure that you make your payments, right? And the other way um, is not maxing out that credit card. So 
keeping like using it, paying it off, but not keeping it in that upper 75% range kind of of filling up that credit card. So you want to, you want to use it, you want to pay it off, but you don't want to sit with a maxed, um, a maxed credit card either, because that is not good. So getting those loans, getting those credit cards and continually making those payments and then just plain building credit and having cash is not the same as credit, right? So um, just because you have a bank full of money isn't going to give you that credit score that needs to be built. That's so important, Joyce. And I think the one thing that you touched on there is you said loans and credit cards. And I know when I'm speaking with clients, I always take a look at what's healthy debt and what's maybe unhealthy debt. And like Joyce said, when you're having a 75% or higher maxed out credit card, that sometimes can be an unhealthy amount of debt. The interest rate is high and it's generally spent on consumer goods. It's not spent getting you an asset like a car loan or anything along those lines. So you want a healthy mix. It's not bad to have credit cards, but it's not great to have credit cards that are continually maxed out. And along with that, Carly, when you were to that previous point, when you were saying about common finance errors that we that youth can make, um, one thing that I, as an advisor, often, often recommend for youth is for most credit cards, you can have them set up where you have that monthly minimum payment automatically set up. So that gets paid and comes out of your account. Because when you're in school, you're in the middle of exams, life is busy, life is crazy. Sometimes you forget, right? And especially, you know, you might get that notice that, that it's due on your phone and they think, oh yeah, I'm going to pay that, but they don't get it done. So the one thing that I often recommend is setting up that automatic payment so that minimum amount always comes off your credit or always comes out of your bank account and keeps that credit card paid. That way they don't have to, you know, that they'll never miss that payment because it's amazing, just like was said earlier, you know, you can get a bad credit score quickly by missing those payments. So having it automatically come out um, really helps that. There's so much stress with having a credit card. Like, when should I be getting one? What age are you responsible enough to have a credit card? I would say when you're 18. I mean, you can get a card definitely when you're 18. Um, that's when you can have your own credit card and start building your credit score. But you can also, as early as 14 at some financial institutions, you can have a family card. And that um, starts bringing kind of the appropriate use into play. So say with, um, if I have a 14 year old daughter, right? I could add her onto my credit card. So I am taking the fiscal responsibility for that card um, to have it paid, but I can track her expenses. I can see how she is using that card. It, it kind of just adds that accountability for a young person to kind of learn how to use credit and just builds that for them. It doesn't build their credit score yet, but it builds them the ability to be able to use it, right? And then once they turn 18, then they could go off of my card, they could apply for their own card and then start using that and building their own credit. And that way they kind of have had some experience with using credit. So both sides, right? I mean, totally up to the parents, but again, I think it's a good idea, especially for some children. But 18 is the legal age that you can actually get their own credit card and start building their credit score. Whether you're responsible or not at 18 is another story altogether. <laughs> I know I thought I was a responsible 18 year old, but uh, yeah. thousands of dollars of credit card debt later, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so going off that, so 
the youth they apply to OSAP, they apply for those grants, they got some money from that, they 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 got their credit card, they signed up. So um, now we just need some tips. Do you guys have any tips about you know saving money and budgeting once you have all that money? Because we know you can have a lot of money, but it's all about what you you know what you do with it and how you budget it. So what do you guys have to? What what are some tips you got for us? So budgeting and saving money is very important, especially for, for the youngsters or at any stage of life. We always need money, right? Who doesn't need money? So um, I we, we usually say I would recommend the, um, everyone to have some kind of emergency backup. Mostly institutions have an um, e-savings account, online account, where you can start putting a little bit of money on a side as an emergency backup. Um, and uh, again, uh, um, not use that money also. Like uh, if, if, you're, uh, if you're working or if you're getting a pocket money from your parents, uh, maybe just put like if you're getting $100, $100 a, a, a day, um, put like $10 towards your um, savings account. At least you have a backup in case of emergency. And also to understand what is an emergency expense, what is an em- I want expense. So for example, you have a car, it, it needs a service or something. And of course, you are going to school on that and you definitely need it um, to be really working for you, not to get stuck on a road. So that is something you can call like emergency expense. But if there's any sale going on in a store and it's going to be ending tomorrow and I want it. So that is not a really emergency expense you should be spending your money on. So just making sure what is an actually necessity, what is something I want is a also help you budgeting. Um, just prioritize your things of what you actually want to plan ahead. Um, not just thinking about today, um, maybe just to start thinking today about like two years from now. What would you like to have two years from now? Especially like when you're 16, of course, going 18, you probably want to get your first car. Start putting a little bit towards if you're working and maybe just start putting a little bit from your paycheck, paying yourself first and put money on a side. At least um, even if you have to get a loan at the time, uh, you have a little bit of a cash value saved on a side, which you can use it for the purpose. And if you're 18, well, of course, in the future, maybe at 22, you want to start your own business. You want to start um, you want to buy your own house. So you have that kind of a purpose and a plan in place where you can um, actually um, use that money. So having that plan in place using a e-savings account or even a tax-free savings account, which is very amazing account, uh, government registered account. So that is uh, one uh, we always recommend to the kids who are 18 or old. Um, That is uh, something um, you can look into to have uh, your backup plan. And I would add on to that too. Um, kind of at RBC, we talk about five principles of successful investing. Um, and this starts again, for sure, at 18 when you start to invest, but this can apply somewhat to anything. Um, so those five tips would be start early. Um, like I look back at my life and I think, oh my goodness, the amount of money that I went through when I started getting full paychecks and, you know, so start early and invest regularly. That's another thing. Every paycheck, you know, $25, $50 even from every paycheck, it will add up. And, and there's charts that we could show you. There's so many things, but, but invest early, invest regularly. Another one is invest enough. So 
I think a big thing is like was just said, um, looking at a goal, right? Having that long term and okay, I want to reach that. But in order to reach that, what is it going to take? So I think it's it's part of budgeting is to invest enough. If I want to save such an, a certain amount by a certain time, what is that going to take, right? And along with that is having a plan, right? Is to set those goals, have that long term plan that I I have something in place where I want to start saving for. And then, of course, to diversify. And that's just a term that's used. There's many ways of saving, right? You can put money away for a long, long-term saving toward retirement. You can put money away um, for short-term savings. You can just, there, there's just, there's so many different ways of saving. So I think just looking at those principles and and learning about them, right, can also help you to have that, that uh, saving strategy in place for sure. And the other thing I would say is that sounds like a lot. Cush and Joyce, they both said a number of things, which can seem really daunting to younger people. Um, and I know we said this in the first time we had our podcast as well, but you don't have to do it alone. You can come in and talk to us and we'll help you as far as your budget is concerned. We can kind sure. of be that little voice in your head that says you may want that PS5 or whatever they're on now, but do you have enough money when your tires need replacing? So we can kind of be that guiding voice as well. Sure. I have some questions. Just this is like for more from a personal point of view here. So I'm thinking you guys are talking about all these different kinds of accounts. So if I was for saying I have general savings and then I wanted to say put money for a car and put money for something else for like future emergency, would it be more beneficial for me to have like multiple accounts and whatever they're like you talked about different accounts or have it all in one and then just having it on the side? Like that work for you? Absolutely, Brooklyn. So if you're the type of person that, that says, okay, I want to plan when, I don't know, when travel opens up, I want to go to Bali in 2023 and I'm going to need this much money. I'm going to open up a savings account and I'm going to label it. This is my Bali account so that I know how much of my way towards that goal I'm going to. My second account is going to be for school. I know my first year's tuition is X amount. I need to plan out for that. So if you're a very regimented person that has things separate like that, Absolutely. There is no harm in having multiple savings accounts. Um, if you're the type of person that says, you know what, I want $10,000 to my name. That's all I feel that I'll need. Let's just put it into one account. And I know I can use that for any, any savings purchase that comes along the way. Um, it just really depends what you prefer. Carly, if I can add to that, the one thing that I thought should have been mentioned earlier and kind of goes along with this too, um, is make sure um you were saying about some common finance errors that youth can make when you're talking multiple accounts and different things, make sure you look at your accounts, look at what the, the history is, look at what your fees are. Um, there's, there's different fees attached to different accounts. Some accounts allow you to use that account so many times per month. And I would say there's, we see so much of it. I'm sure the, the other girls can attest to this as well, but mm -hmm. we see so many kids coming in and they don't know what goes through their account. And all of a sudden they've been charged. Like we've seen it where they're paying an extra 50, $60 every month just for fees because they've used their, their debit card too many times. And it's just, it's, it's so silly <laughs> and we want to help them to not pay the fees. So I would say that's a number one thing is when you're looking at the amount of type amount of accounts you have also make sure you look at the types of accounts. So, and follow along, make sure you know what is allowed for the account so that you're not paying those extra fees. Like you could take that, the fees that it's costing you and start saving that. Right. And, and 
it's just, it's so important. We see it all the time. And uh, adding to Joyce, like there is a number of uh, types of accounts we have. Um, you have a variety of options you can pick for whatever suits you the best. And again, as Carly mentioned, we're always here to help you out and help you to figure out what would be the best suitable account for you. For sure. Is multiple accounts still beneficial though versus an interest? Like what if you have a high interest account versus multiple different accounts? Is that? So if you have a high interest savings account, no matter like the one, two or three, uh, whatever the interest rate is applicable to the first account, it's going to be the same uh, uh, amount of interest rate you are going to get on the second high interest uh, savings account. Unless there is some kind of promotions going on, that's uh, different. Uh, if you're opening first time of your account, maybe uh, different financial institutions could have different offers. I only know about ours. So... Um, so yeah, um, it uh, only um, the interest rate does not really differ. So what you're getting on the first one, you're also going to get on the second one as well, depending on what you have uh, in your account, depending on the balance as well, right? Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, really informative and I think really helpful for the youth who are going to be going off to post-secondary. Very and helpful for me, guys. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> there you go for our, for our co-host Brooklyn right here. She uh, <laughs> she had a free lesson right now, so that's awesome. Um, but um, yeah, thank you guys so much again for coming on. Is there anything else you guys want to let the listeners know about? Any you know resources you might have in mind? Uh, let the listeners know what's going on. Um, every single bank has information on their website. For um, sure. A lot of times youth tend to bank where their parents bank, and that's 100% okay. Just go online. It's very much at your fingertips these days. And do a little bit of researching on your own. And maybe when you come across something that you don't understand or you're not sure about, ask your parents, ask a friend, come in and ask your financial institution. There's absolutely no harm in that whatsoever. I was just going to add to that, Carly, yes. That's what we are there for. Um, I Like I said, the, the youth are one of my favorite ages. I love when they want to come in and talk and go over things and budget. And that is honestly my favorite thing to do is get kids started off on the right foot. And I would say that that is probably across the board that um, that's our job, right? That's what we want to do. So don't be scared of us bankers. <laughs> we would like to help. We, we want to guide. We want to be there. So uh, come and see us, right? That's what we're there for. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again so much for coming on. Um, we really, really, really appreciate it. So all the youth out there, if you're curious about what uh, what you're going to be doing with your money when you go off to, to college, university, you know, apprenticeships, whatever it is, um, you can stop in the RBC in Hanover and, uh, you know, have, have a talk with the ladies there or whoever's there and um, get it sorted out. But thanks again, guys, for coming on. Um, I'm glad we could have an all-female panel on on International Women's Day, the day we're recording this. Hey, glad so, to be here. Uh, awesome. So thanks again for coming on, guys. And Thank uh, you for having thank us. Thank you both. Absolutely. I'm sure, thanks yes. so much. Thanks I'm sure so we'll have you guys on soon again. So. Perfect. I know 30 minutes seems way too short. I looked at my watch when you started wrapping things up, and I was like, what? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's like a time machine when you get on this thing. It's like whoop, whoop, half an hour and two minutes. It's awesome. Awesome. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Uh, you have a good one. Have you too. too. Bye. 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 -bye.